David, the New England Patriots finally lost this week, and Twitter couldn't help but declare them uh, dead and gone by now, and that the Patriots dynasty is over. So I want to know, what inevitability will you declare uh, over long before it really is? <laughs> um, that's, that's a tough one, man. Uh, over before it's actually over? Over before it really is over. Quality Simpsons episodes. Oh, you have faith. <laughs> we are the season 23 of Fantasy Football Podcasts. This is the Fantasy Finish Line from Drink5.com. Alright Dave, here we are again at week 10, the week we commonly refer to as Rivalry Week, and I have not had too many beers to say Rivalry yet, so I'm going to just get that in while I still can. Reason being folks, because uh, he likes to match up uh, certain people with, with others that are rivals in fantasy football leagues in week 10. Sure, I like to create false tension in order to uh, heighten the drama for the league. There you go. There so. we go. So we match up in several leagues. You like reality programming more than you than you put on. I like to create the reality programming, I guess. I, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it unfold if I've created it. Uh. So, uh, Dave, I just finished a wonderful beer from Pollyanna, which we have been talking about a lot in the last few weeks because we seem to go there before the, brewer, the podcast lately. Uh, but not tonight. But we did have a lexical gap. Uh, it was an India Pale Ale. I speak of it in the past tense because I just finished it. And I just cracked open a Burl, which is a double dry hopped double India Pale Ale. I feel like as an editor, I need to tell them they're, they're repeating their words. <laughs> we have a bunch of good beers tonight, and I'm, I'm drinking a Flip Mode, which is a New England style IPA from Scorched Earth in Algonquin, Illinois, and a Space Pope. India Pale Ale from Cigar City Brewing, which is... The Space Pope? Like from, from... From Tampa. Like from Futurama Space Pope? I don't know if it is or not, but... Uh, is there an alligator on that? You would assume there can only be one Space Pope. Well, until the Great Schism of 2643, when there was two Space Popes. <laughs> My God. But we don't follow the Orthodox Space Pope. Well, these historical records. All right. Make and sure you keep them safe. Yes, my borough is from Half Acre Brewing. I, uh... I, I do dig them a lot. So tonight, uh, we're going to shift gears a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about politics, right? Nope. Nope. Good. I didn't want to. I wasn't prepared. Um, then again, you could argue no one is actually prepared for that. Anyways, um, we are going to look back at the draft and look at some of the top ten players right now at each of the four major positions and see how we did uh, drafting. You know, where they were on the ADP, where they are ranked now. See uh, if, if that was a good choice or not, and maybe you can kind of use this sort of analysis in the future to decide how you want to draft, how well, you want to, how do you want to like create your team at the draft? Yeah, I mean we're playing catch up to reality. Let's let's dive into it. 
All right, so starting off with the quarterbacks, um, there were uh, some interesting surprises. So I do have I have an overview, and I ought to pull that up if I'm going to take the time to write it. So if you drafted Deshaun Watson, you're a happy camper, I assume. He was uh, ranked number two uh, today, and his ADP was number two. So, you know, you got what you paid for, right? Um, if you drafted Patrick Mahomes, you're pretty happy. Obviously, he was hurt the last couple weeks. He's only played seven games this season when his team has had nine. So um, hopefully you find a decent uh, replacement for him. But uh, the people who are disappointed are the ones who drafted Baker Mayfield, Drew Brees, and Cam Newton. Uh, those are the people in the top ten you know, for quarterbacks who would definitely um, be reasonably disappointed. Now, that's only three quarterbacks out of the top ten. And we've always said that kind of quarterback is – one of the more stable positions, right? I mean, I, Jared Goff is also uh, someone you should put on that list, I imagine, being that his overall rank is number 17, which makes him unplayable by one quarterback league standards. Uh, that's true. That's true. But, I mean, these guys were like, these guys were drafted much higher. Like, Breeze was a 6 ADP. Wentz was, or um, I guess Newton was 10, but he only played two games. So you, you found your way away from Cam Newton uh, long ago, I'm sure. Um, and then some of the better picks this year, you've got Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford. So Lamar Jackson, um, he is probably the best quarterback pick of the draft, um, because he's got the highest points per game. He's scoring 26 points per game right now. Uh, and of course all the scoring that we give you is standard scoring, standard Yahoo scoring, unless we specify otherwise. Um, well, I think what you're trying to say, um, I don't know if you are or not, but basically, Half of the quarterbacks are uh, that you drafted in the top ten are performing up to snuff, which is good. Um, to have a fifty percent success um, for one of those guys is pretty good, but uh, a lot of them are underperforming or have been injured. But isn't that how it usually goes if we compare it to previous years? Um, there, there are generally a lot of those guys, and then you have some on the reverse perspective. Like Tom Brady, who's overperforming slightly. Kyler Murray, who's overperforming slightly. Lamar Jackson, who's overperforming a lot. Um, so it's it's that like shifting scale, right? You, yeah. Those there's going to be five guys or six guys in there that, that aren't as good as top ten uh, uh, draft capital had them, and then there's a couple guys that were drafted in uh, in later rounds that end up being a top five or top eight quarterback. So what's your favorite strategy this year? Did you do a lot of uh, waiting until the end to draft those guys and hit on, on one of those guys that we mentioned? So in any draft, I sort of like to do a best available strategy uh, until like much later in the draft when it comes down to... Um, so I, I try not to go into the draft thinking I need a quarterback or I need uh, to draft a bunch of wide receivers. Um that's for standard leagues. If we're drafting in a two quarterback league or a super flex league, then I'm definitely taking quarterbacks right away. So for example, in my super flex redraft league, I was 50, 50. I drafted Deshaun Watson in the first round. And then I drafted, um, I don't even want to say his name, but it was Baker Mayfield in the second <laughs> round, which made sense at the time. His ADP was four, but he's been a huge disappointment. He's probably the largest disappointment because he's played all of his games. These guys who get injured, it's disappointing, but you have the opportunity to replace them. So you can move on easily. When you have Baker Mayfield uh, in a two-quarterback league, you feel compelled to start him okay, you know, occasionally. Well, we have this great chart in front of us, but not everybody does. Why don't we just go through a couple of these guys? 
Sure. So I will uh, find a way to put this up on the website so that you can kind of see uh, what we're working with here. But it basically, what I have is the quarterback's ADP, their ranking, how many points per game they're scoring, which is a good uh, measure instead of just looking at their overall points. Um, but uh, we talked about Mahomes and Watson, who I think were fine. Sure, Mahomes' overall rank is 13, but he's scoring 21.5 points per game. Um, so I- I'm fine with that. I believe he's expected back this week. Is that everything you've been seeing as well, Dave? Yeah, and you don't have to justify it. I'm sure you own him somewhere. It's uh, if he's if he's not playing some games, that's that's a hit to his I did not fantasy draft him production. But you're right that the points per game is more important when you talk about a guy like Baker Mayfield that's scoring 13 and a half points per game. It's because he's not a good quarterback this year, not because he got injured. Um, yes, yes, very true. But yeah, I mean those those guys are are doing well if you take away the the injured games. Assuming uh, Mahomes comes back this week, uh, he has Tyreek Hill, and they should do just fine together. Um, I noticed you you have Aaron Rodgers here as a regression, which isn't true at all. But it is true that the ADP is three and the rank is five, so uh, it doesn't would, it doesn't match up. <laughs> sure, I would argue that Aaron Rodgers regression. What, what I was thinking when I wrote that is that. He is no longer a Tier 1 quarterback. Yeah, I don't know if I can agree with that. I, I just don't see it. He has two very high-scoring games this year. That's what's brought him up there. Otherwise, he'd be ranked like 8 or 9. You know, I think that he is in the second tier of quarterbacks now, uh, at least as far as fantasy production, along with like Matt Ryan and Drew Brees. He's not in the top top where Mahomes and Watson and now Jerry, or Lamar Jackson are. I think and Russell Wilson. That's fine. That's your opinion. I think we have to wait a couple more games to see that. You can't discount his high-scoring games. That's ridiculous. I, <laughs> I'm not discounting them. I'm just saying, like, if it wasn't for those, he'd be even worse. Well, Rodgers' rank with is, that, I feel like he's only been brought brought himself to the second tier of quarterbacks now. Rodgers' rank is five. <laughs> yeah, that's the second tier, in my opinion. Okay. Well, you just compared him to a guy who's ranked 14 and a guy who's ranked 34. So I, I think you're, you're, you're comparing him to the wrong guys here. <laughs> okay. Well, as far as points per game, Matt Ryan is scoring more points per game than Aaron Rodgers. Well, it'd be nice if he played some more games then, I guess. It would be nice if Matt Ryan played more games. Ro- Rodgers my teams as well. was drafted as a top-five quarterback. He is a top-five quarterback, so to, to slip the value is, is a little soon, I think. Okay, fair enough. Um, so we talked about Baker. He is the biggest disappointment. You can't even start him in a, as an every-week super flex start. Uh, Matt Ryan... He missed a couple of games. Well, let's talk about the numbers. Go through go through the numbers on a couple of those guys. Matt Ryan had an ADP of 5. His mm-hmm. overall rank is 14, but he missed two games so far this season. Um, he's scoring 21.3 points per game, which is just behind Patrick Mahomes. I, I, I've been impressed by Matt Ryan this year. Uh, he's 7th in points per game, and he has only one game where he scored fewer than 15.68 points. So he's got a nice floor. And Atlanta's uh, scoring a lot of points. Their offense uh, uh, is getting out there a lot of passes. The defense isn't very good, which means that they have to constantly throw the ball. So. Any offense with some talent That's on helpful. a team where that has <laughs> terrible defense yeah. is a recipe for fantasy gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got Drew Brees, who only played in three games this year. Now, if you look at just his two games that he finished, he's at 23 points per game. So that's a fantastic um, uh, performance this year. Uh, I think that he's going to be chomping at the bit to get back out on the field after, you know, he got one game and then a bye. So I, I, they play Atlanta this week, and uh, that's in one of my matchups to look at 
later on. Uh, Carson Wentz uh, was pretty good uh, this year, pretty where we expected him. His ADP was 7. His rank is 9 right now. He has played all 9 games this season. I think that his biggest uh, problem is that he has a lack of receivers. You know, when when he has guys on the field, they tend to drop the ball, um, literally. So The Eagles have had a lot of injuries, yeah. uh, and in the backfield they have a rookie and a guy they just signed. Uh, so... Absolutely, um, that that's that's the biggest problem. But again, uh, drafting someone at seven and having them uh, perform so far in the season at nine is fine. That's that's where you expected them to be. That's the same positional drop off as Aaron Rodgers. Agreed, so, and that's fine. You know, I, I don't want to disparage. I just you know I expect more from Aaron Rodgers. Is all <laughs> okay. is the only reason why I was saying all that. So Russell Wilson is a guy who was drafted basically in the ninth round. Uh, like late eighth round, early ninth round, he is is he was the eighth quarterback off the board. He is ranked number one. Now he has played nine games, but he's averaging twenty five points per game. To me, he looks like the leading MVP candidate because he is playing fantastically and his team is doing well. Now, of course, they're in second place, so that may uh, take a few MVP uh, votes away from him. But we're not too concerned with MVP. Uh, but what is great is that his draft value is awesome this year. Uh, he struggled last year. I think that's what gave him the hit during the draft. But and if you look at, at Russell Wilson's season last year, for example, the the end of the season, the last half of the season was uh, playing at a, at a super high ability. Yes. And so it was really only the first half of the season where they weren't throwing the ball very much and he wasn't getting very many points. And that is something that you pointed out to us uh, during the preseason. Um, and you were totally right. You know, Russell Wilson was able to carry that over. And, you know, he's been in the league for a lot of years now, so... He is going to be able to perform at a high level for most of the time. But you can look at him, too, as the opposite of Wentz, who's someone who has a lot of receiving options now, uh, not only in the backfield, but, of course, with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and now Josh Gordon. So uh, That's true. So I forgot about three that. Three wide receivers to a quarterback that can run the ball, he can throw the ball, and he has running backs that are some of the best, uh, well, specifically Chris Carson, in the league. So I don't really see any roadblocks here unless some injuries crop up in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, Russell seems to be able to make superstars out of whatever tight end is there that wants to catch the ball, and then they get injured, like, right away. Yeah, there's a new one. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, Who they just signed? Like, It's not Luke Wilson, because he's not really a catching tight end. No, it's some. It's names like Josh Hamilton or something like that. He's caught a couple touchdowns last week. That guy, right? <laughs> yeah. So it is, in fact... Jacob Hollister. Okay, so I had the J and the H right. <laughs> you had the initials going for you. That's right. Um, keep going down the list. You've got number nine, Jared Goff, who you brought up as a disappointment. I agree. He's only scoring 17 points per game. He has scored. He has played in all eight games of his team this year. Uh, unfortunately, his whole offense is is bad this year, and it's you know he's the leader of it, so it's mostly on him. Um, he is his overall rank is 17. That is a little bit skewed because he's had his bye week already. But let's not uh, worry too much about that. We have seen a large sample size from all of these guys right now. Cam Newton, who was the 10th quarterback off the board this year, he's on IR. He's going to be on IR for the rest of the year. I believe that this is the last year. This year, 2019, was the last year that he will be drafted as a top 10 quarterback. You agree with that? Sure. And we don't have to go through every guy, but uh, but I, I I did want the people out there to, to to get an idea of the disparity between some of these ADPs and ranks. 
Um, and it's a really good um, it's a really good thing to look at Goff because Goff played all the games, right? Right. Nine and seventeen. Same with Baker Mayfield, four and twenty three. So there's no arguing that those guys you you probably shouldn't be rostering in a one quarterback league. You definitely shouldn't be starting. Right. Baker and Goff definitely are the biggest of the guys who played all year. Now to go the other way, the biggest positive disparity uh we talked about Lamar Jackson who was the 14th quarterback off the board he's ranked three overall is scoring the most points per game right now um and uh the excuse me uh Dak Prescott who was the 17th quarterback off the board which is almost not being drafted in some single quarterback leagues his uh his fourth overall he's also already had his bye week so Dak is a proper top five quarter uh, fantasy quarterback this year was not expecting that out of him in his career maybe this is going to be a flash in the pan maybe it's mostly because of Amari Cooper uh, but he is playing very well this year and uh, he's scoring 22.8 points per game which is very impressive and the guy with the largest um, jump the largest gap from where he was drafted is Matthew Stafford who is the 23 23rd quarterback off the board so definitely not drafted uh, in anything but super flex leagues, and he is uh, QB number six overall right now. Also, has had his bye week, so he's scoring twenty one and a half points per game. It's fantastic. He wasn't drafted in most places. It's the steal of the draft uh, because you should be starting him in single quarterback leagues this year. So you know, bully to Matt Stafford. I really uh, did not see that one coming. <laughs> um, I know that the uh, the Lions have always had a really good offense. Um, and it just kind of took some time to get it together. I don't know. I mean, we were, we, I wasn't even impressed really with, uh, their offensive coordinator. His name escapes me, but I know that he was, uh, the guy in Seattle the last few years. Stafford's been a great quarterback for a long time and he's had a couple of years where he was in top fantasy positions, but, uh, last year was not a good year. It was a super down year for the lions and that tends to happen for them. And you're right. Like he went through OCs a lot, you know, like Jay Cutler a lot. And uh, and that tends to bring people down as well. But now they finally have what they want in uh, Galladay and uh, a great tight end in TJ Hawkinson of the future. And then they've also got Marvin Jones. Who... Yeah, they got Marvin Jones going this year. Yeah, and so I think they'll be they'll be just fine. Unfortunately for them, they lost Kerryon Johnson for the season, and so the backfield is is muddled. But what that does mean is that we're going to end up getting longer passes more often. And that's a good thing for us, even though it's not a great thing for the Lions. <laughs> All right. So as we do in all the shows lately, there will be a musical theme. If you pick up on that theme, then let us know what it is. You know, email us, jason at drink5.com, dave at drink5.com. And let us know what you think the theme is. And if you are correct, you may win a prize. Oh, this is a very good beer. The Burl Double Dry Hopped Double India Pale Ale. Oh, yeah. This must be a, a hefty one, too. It, it's got a lot of... It's got a, quite a boozy taste to it. 8.5% <laughs> alcohol. All right. Um, so, moving on to running backs... So, if you drafted Christian McCaffrey, congratulations on being in first place. Or at least having, like, seven wins. Because Christian McCaffrey is uh, running all over the place. Having basically a um, uh, 
a record year, almost a record year. He's nearly on pace to break the single season scrimmage yard record that Chris Johnson set back in 2009. I believe that record is 2,510 yards. He's on pace for like 2,480. So it won't take uh, much of a jump for him to make it there, but he does have eight more games to go. And he's also on pace to match LaDainian Tomlinson's, to get close to LaDainian Tomlinson's 2006 fantasy football season when LT and standard scoring scored 412 points, I want to say. You know, Christian is a young guy still. He has a lot of football left in him. And one of the big problems was that Cam Newton was always his quarterback. And Cam Newton <laughs> was the guy who was also running running the ball in for one or two yard touchdown runs at, in the uh, in the red zone. Um, or or he was doing trick plays or you know knocking knocking people over because he was being a running back and that's not happening with Kyle Allen nor will it happen with the the possible other quarterbacks that they may get going forward for the most part. What that means is that Christian's probably going to be a mainstay for as long as he can stay somewhat healthy. What is he? Twenty five years old. This is only his third year in the league. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, in every year. Man, he's been great. Yep. So he's just going to keep getting better. And the the craziest thing about McCaffrey is that he is in that buy low area right now. Yeah. So uh, to look a little bit more on what I think about McCaffrey and how great he's been this year, uh, go check out my column. Which economists say is statistically insignificant. Which economists say is statistically insignificant. I get a little clicky sometimes, but I like that clip a lot. Anyways, uh, that comes out on Mondays, and you can get a little recap of the week while you're waiting for Monday Night Football. (laughs) So people who are happy with their draft are people who drafted Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler, uh, guys who have been performing very well this year. Uh, And if you're not so happy, then it's because you drafted Le'Veon Bell. It's because you drafted Todd Gurley. Um, Saquon Barkley, you know, I'd be disappointed only because he was the top pick and he missed a few games. And even the games that he's played in, he's not up to the kind of level that we're seeing from uh, a few of the top performers. Um, So um, guys like uh, Barkley and also Alvin Kamara, who have been disappointing because of injury, aren't necessarily bad and should be uh, good to go down the stretch. Maybe, but the point is, they are underperforming their ADP, and they haven't been winning games for you. So, right, that's a, so that's they a can be helpful from now on because they both should be back. Well, I know that Barkley is back, but I believe Kamara should be back this week. Um, so they can help you going forward. Whereas guys like Bell and Gurley might still be holding you back a little. You know what I'm saying? So, sure. Yes, uh, Barkley was the is the 22nd overall running back right now. Uh, he's scored 13.5 points per game. Um, He's been good, not great. He did come back really quickly after the high ankle sprain. So that I I consider a positive thing. You know, um, Christian McCaffrey, we mentioned already. Alvin Kamara was actually the the third guy off the board this year. Uh, He's only scoring 12.9 points per game. I think that, um, well, I'm not really sure. Why do you think that he's not doing better this year? Kamara didn't do well with Teddy Bridgewater. Is that is that it's just the lack of breeze? Well, all these things have a number of variables, and Kamara was injured, and he also didn't have the chemistry with Bridgewater, and Latavius Murray ended up getting a lot of passes in that offense. Um, it, it would end up being something like Bridgewater comes out and the defense is just um, 
spotlighting on Camara because just he's good enough. He's the only person they need to worry about him and Michael Thomas. Everybody else on the offense is really not that uh, important or difficult when Bridgewater's the quarterback. So it's Saints have been doing well, granted, right? Yeah, they've found a way to win the game, but that's a lot, you know. Their defense has helped a lot. But there's a different kind of threat if Drew Brees is the quarterback um, than, than when he's not. But, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter. He is He should be healthier coming back, um, and it sounds like Murray might have a little bit more of a role, but he was always going to be uh, someone who scores some points with Brees. The problem is that there wasn't a Brees. Yeah. Um, so Ezekiel Elliott... His uh, ADP was number four. He is number seven overall. He's played eight games, scoring 15.7 points per game. Zeke's got a high floor, very high floor this year. It's awesome. Double digits in standard scoring in every game. Uh, so 15.71 points per game. And his overall rank is seven, like you said, with an ADP of four. So he's he's been great. Yeah, I'm happy with him. If you drafted him, um, you probably took a little bit of a risk because of the holdout at the beginning of the year, but he wound up playing every single game so far, and uh, he's been great. Um, James Conner, his ADP was 5, and his rank is 14. He did miss, uh, I believe, one game because the Steelers have already had a bye, right? Yes. He's missed one game, but it looks like he may miss more. Is he on track this week? I don't remember seeing an update on him today. Uh, we'll chat about Connor, but, uh, okay. it, he, he may be held out one more game. We'll see. Um, but it's one of those things where they're just little injuries and not like, you know, season ending injuries or anything like that. But uh, as, as you've mentioned before, we've talked about previously, uh, Connor's issue, much like Juju and some of the other players, is not their lack of talent, but just the, the lack of quarterback. Well, it's, it's. Not like they were all practicing these particular plays, um, offenses with this quarterback. You know, it's, it's sure. Steelers are a team that's that's always been Roethlisberger, and uh, he's just goes out for little periods of time. So it's mostly been the quarterback problem, uh, but he still is number fourteen overall. So he is in the equation when he is playing. He has shown that he can put up those games of 25 points. Yeah, not a bust this year by any means. But but he's definitely been a little disappointing, um, much like uh, Saquon Barkley um, or Alvin Kamara, for those people that drafted him in top five. Yep. A guy who is close to bust status as far as being a top draft pick, Le'Veon Bell was ADP 6. He is ranked number 24 overall. The Jets have played eight games this year. He's the only guy in this uh, entire group of running backs that we're going to talk about who scored less than 10 points per game on average. So he is on a historically bad offense. He also now may be hurt. That may be a blessing in disguise because then you have uh, cause to just take him out of your lineup. So it's a bummer. You and I both, I think, really like watching Bell play when he's at the top of his game. He was probably the best running back in the league in 2016 and most of 2017. Um, he was certainly the most exciting one to watch play because any time he got the ball, he could score a touchdown, and he often did. So, um, I, you know, it's a little sad that Le'Veon Bell wound up there, but the guy got paid, so I suppose this is what he wanted. Uh, maybe. I still expect the Jets to turn things around a little bit. Sam Darnold's not a bad quarterback, but the team has been horrible 
I can maybe blame it on Adam Gase. He's a really bad coach. That is an easy thing to blame. <laughs> he is a scapegoat this year, boy. Yeah. Uh, so David Johnson, Every ADP year. 7. <laughs> uh, his overall rank right now is uh, 16. They have uh, pl- He's played seven of the team's nine games, I believe. I don't think that they've had a bye yet. So DJ was a late first-round pick uh, at ADP number 7. Um, he has the 13th most points per game. Not terrible, not great. Um and he has a couple of guys nipping at his heels now. Obviously, Chase Edmonds going to be out for a few more weeks. But Kenyon Drake was really impressive last week. I don't know if it's a one-time flash-in-the-pan thing. But certainly, uh, I would expect David Johnson, who should be returning this week, to be splitting carries with Kenyon Drake. I don't think so. No? You think it's going to be all DJ? Or do you think it's going to be all Drake? You know, I'll talk about Johnson in a little bit, too. But basically, Johnson is the Cardinals' leading receiver. Um, so oh, okay. he's not going to have any problem getting tons of passes and more touchdowns. If Drake gets some of that play as well, great. I think that uh, Kingsbury will end up using both of them all the time because that's the kind of offense he wants. Oh, cool. So I don't, I don't really, I don't see Johnson backing off as the starter or turning into some kind of committee. Um, but I certainly have to give kudos to Drake for doing well against a good defense. Uh, maybe it was one of those things where no one's ever really seen him play because he was on the Dolphins. <laughs> That's a good point. Not many people bother to watch the Dolphins. Um, so Nick Chubb was uh, drafted as the eighth running back off the board. He's ranked sixth. G- great on him. He's living up to his draft status, exceeding it even a little. He's scoring 15.8 points per game, which is basically 100 yards and a touchdown every game. So um, he's playing on a very disappointing team. I don't... Uh, I don't know what to say about him other than he is spectacular on a bad team, which is even more impressive than just being really good on a good team. I think fantasy owners are going to have some problems with Kareem Hunt back. All of the chatter, even with Nick Chubb, has been like, it's okay if I don't have as many carries. We just want to win. We need to get everyone involved. That's not that's not great chatter to hear. Sure, that's not fantasy-friendly chatter. But remember, last year when Nick Chubb was being eased into the offense, just a few carries were enough for him to score big points. Yeah. Not that you want to rely on that, but it can happen. It's, it's just a rough situation if he seeds any carries in an offense that's not very good. Yes. Although I, I get the feeling that if Kareem Hunt is not very effective, that they won't go with that for very long. They don't seem to make very good decisions in Cleveland. <laughs> um, but Maybe we should coach the Cleveland Browns. I, I admire you know the hope you have in the team. Uh, I can't quit them this year. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> so, I keep... Okay. Uh, Todd Gurley is ADP 9, an overall rank of 19. His um, average points per game is 11.94. He's only played in seven games. He missed one game. They've had a bye. Um, his injuries were not as overblown during the offseason as maybe we thought they were because clearly it's an issue. It feels like he's lost a step. His entire offense is a little um, behind what it was last year. They have that typical Super Bowl loser hangover going on, which seems to last an entire season. Um, so Gurley has a drop-off of 10 places, but you know, at, as the 19th best running back, he's still being started every week. So you've got to keep throwing him in your lineup because that is 12 points a game. Mm-hmm. So Delvin Cook, of the top 10 guys, Delvin Cook um, is the best surprise other than Christian McCaffrey um, because if you drafted McCaffrey, then you're just so happy. Uh, but Delvin Cook, um, 
I think that he would be uh, a big story, a much bigger story anyways, if it wasn't for Christian McCaffrey, because Cook is averaging 19.5 points per game. His uh, ADP was 10 overall at the, or not overall, but 10 at the running back position, and his overall rank right now is 2. So he's the second best running back. Um, You know, that's a jump of 8. That's great. He has played 9 games, but, um, you know, don't worry about that. I think that Dalvin Cook is exceeding anyone's expectations of him and that he will wind up being one of the top three draft picks next year the, at we, the position. Perhaps, yeah. You yeah. Know, you're going to have McCaffrey, you're going to have Zeke, and then either Barkley or Cook, really. I'm not ready to, to, to start throwing those guys in next year's lineups okay. yet. Okay, we don't need to. That's not what this show is about. <laughs> uh, so Leonard Fournette, I suppose I've been a little surprised by him. His ADP was 12, his overall rank is 9, and... Um, you know he's scoring about thirteen points per game. I'm surprised at him because he's putting up tons of yards. Um, how do you think his uh, production is going to change with Nick Foles coming back, or uh, will it change at all? I don't know that we know anything about Nick Foles on the Jaguars. That's true. He only played like what one quarter. Yeah, so that's 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 kind of impossible. But I don't see a reason why why Foles would would tremendously hurt Fournette's fantasy value. Yeah, and and what I. What I like to see about these charts when you have things laid out is, for example, for the running backs, something that we often see, uh, or at least I, I think that we often see, which is that those running backs that were drafted 10 to 19 uh, tend to have a, a better value than those who are drafted 1 through 10. And what I mean by that is they, they tend to stick more towards the middle or even do better, and certainly we're seeing that this year, then those guys that you draft 1 through 10 because of their bell cow usage can make them uh, a higher injury risk, uh, which, which we've seen in almost all those guys. Um, and so if you have someone like Aaron Jones that technically splits carries or uh, Austin Eckler who splits carries, um, a lot of these guys, they're not the guys carrying it 30 times per game. Sure. And I love the guys that do, you know, but when you have that... Um, Saquon Barkley or James Conner. They're more likely to break down, probably. Yeah. So, what was it that I uh, said a couple years ago when I was like, uh, "Why don't Why don't we just uh, draft like all wide receivers early <laughs> and then trade for and running then, backs and later. then trade them for the the running backs that will that will come up." Yeah. Sure. That's been the case like every year except for this year. Yeah. The wide receivers aren't the performing wide receivers well. aren't doing anything this right. year. Certainly, the first half of the year, the running backs have all been great in the first half. So maybe it shifts for the second half of the year. We are only through nine games. So at best, you know, you're halfway through, or just over halfway for these teams. So um, I, I do like your point there, though, that you made about you know the the guys in the ADP uh, ten through nineteen. So six of those guys made my list here that are all in the top 10 of the overall rankings right now. Right. Whereas in the 1 through 9, the guys who were drafted 1 through 9, only three of them are in the top 10 overall right now. And it's not like any of them are really close. So, um, you know. Well, so many people continually subscribe to the theory where, you know, you should draft one or two or three running backs in the first couple rounds. And I've just consistently seen that there's so many people that hit in, in those mid-rounds. So maybe the, the I'm not espousing you know a zero running back theory, but just waiting until like your sixth round and getting guys like Chris Carson and 
uh, Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry. That's not so bad. I want to try a draft one year where I <laughs> trade away like my first three rounds for like tons of middle round picks and see how well that goes for me. <laughs> because it seems like there's always so much great value in the middle rounds and it's almost easier to get because you've got more picks there and, uh, you know, I don't know. I think that would be an interesting experiment. Anyways. Yeah, well, the value of those players is more blurry because it's not on the bell curve. It's, it's you know, it's in the middle. Uh, right. So if you're if you're going after the big names with the big numbers from the previous year, those situations don't always uh, recreate themselves. very festive of you. Almost. We'll definitely have to have like sabotage theme night. <laughs> and Auntie makes a good point in the chat room. So yeah, we can try that in some $20 leagues and uh, see how it goes. Well, we can't all trade. But that'll just create a weird imbalance in uh, trade value. I mean, what would a first-round pick be worth, anyways? Like a, a fourth, fifth, and sixth? Depends. You know? Whatever you want it to be, really. It's it's whatever someone's willing to pay for it's it. It's market value. Yeah, that's yeah, true. <laughs> so let's switch gears to the wide receiver position. Um, uh, you know, as we just said, the wide receivers have been a little more disappointing this year. However, if you drafted either of the wide receivers on the Buccaneers, you're very happy. Because they are the first and second ranked wide receivers uh, through week nine. So as a whole, they're just not performing. Uh, the best pickups this season were DJ Chark, Cortland Sutton, Chris Godwin, and Chris uh, Cooper Cup. Um, and if you drafted uh, Devontae Adams, the injuries are hurting you right now. Go Godwin. If you drafted Juju, Odell, or Tyreek, you're very disappointed. But you're still starting them all. They are still all startable certainly in leagues where you're starting three wide receivers. And if you drafted Antonio Brown, then just go away. <laughs> so DeAndre Hopkins leads off the uh, ADP list for um, wide receivers. He was uh, ranked number one, and his overall rank is 12 right now. He's scoring 10.23 points per game, um, but obviously it's an easy decision to just start him every week. 12 isn't that bad. You drafted him as a top-tier guy, and he's still got the talent. It's just not clicking the same way it has in the past. I'm not really sure why, if they're just not throwing it to him as much. Um, i, I got to imagine his targets and receptions are down for the year, don't you? Th is that what you're seeing there? Uh, not looking at it, but uh, it makes sense. Um, also, I, I assume this is uh, standard scoring? Standard scoring. So then it's a little bit different than if it was PPR, because Hopkins does get a lot of targets per game in general. Sure, he has 92 targets and 68 receptions so far this year. His catch rate is actually a bit higher. He's at 73.9%. I, I would think the problem with the receivers is the touchdown, right? Yes, only four touchdowns this year, whereas he was 11 and then 13 the year before that. I mean, with all of the receivers, if the fantasy points are down in standard, I think the thing you can point to the most likely culprit right, is them not scoring uh, touchdowns at a rate consistent with historical uh figures yeah and that may regress to the mean you may see him get another like five or six touchdowns before the end of the year and that'll really help so you got Devonte adams uh who was the number two adp guy his overall rank is 63 but that's because he's only played five games so far he had the toe injury but he also has a very low floor in the preseason i was really uh high on Devonte adams because his floor 
Like his worst game, I believe, if you just had his worst game every single week last year, he would have still been like the WR10. So he had a very high floor last year, which is not at all happening this year. You're definitely disappointed if you picked him because, you know, out of five games, he's only averaging 8.38 points per game. Um, so that, that's really hurt. And, you know, I think we'll notice that uh, that trend that you pointed out in over the top guys is even more pronounced here with the wide receivers. I have to say, I think Adams will, will step it up no problem here with Rodgers playing better, etc. I don't, I don't see... Rodgers and Adams just suddenly being bad at football. So. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you're disappointed if you drafted him because you drafted him to be a guy who scores you 15 points a game, and he is not even coming close to that right now. So hopefully he can help you uh, win games the rest of the season. But you know it's certainly possible with a guy you know with a top pick like Adams that you're just not winning them in the first place. Um. Julio Jones is next. His ADP was three. His overall rank is nine right now. He's scoring about 12 points per game. I like him as a top 10 guy, and he still is, so you can't really complain. It would be nice if him, like Hopkins, found the end zone more often. Um, then you've got Michael Thomas, who is just right on the level, ADP four, rank four. Um, and it doesn't really matter who's in it uh, quarterback for him because he's going to put up a lot of points. He's already had his bye, so his 14 points per game is a very solid number. It's exactly what you hope for if you drafted him right. You can't be upset or disappointed that he's the fourth best wide receiver. Yeah, he's all good. Uh, so Tyreek Hill did miss a few games. His ADP was five. He is currently ranked 26 overall, but he is scoring nearly 13 points per game. And I've been impressed with what I've seen from him with Matt Moore in. So he's scoring the eighth most points per game. Um, Tyreek Hill, I think, is fine this year despite the overall uh, rank being kind of low, because he sat out several games, you had a chance to put someone else in. You're going to make me talk about him, aren't you? My favorite player. My favorite disappointment. You're going down the list. You might might as well. (laughs) So it's number six. It's Odell Beckham Jr., who is an overall rank of 28. Quiet peanut gallery. And um, he is scoring less fewer than eight points per game. Um, him and the Browns are a big disappointment. They do not know how to use him in the offense. They're not throwing to him enough. They're not throwing to him in the right part of the field. I, I don't think that he's anywhere near the top of his team in terms of red zone targets. Um, you know, They need to throw him the ball all over the field. He can catch the ball against almost any cornerback. Um, so, you know, jump balls, whatever, just scripted plays to him. I don't know what it's going to take, um, but you've got to force the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. Better things will happen for the Browns if they do that. The Browns are a disaster and will will be horrible forever. Well, one of the ways to mitigate the disaster <laughs> is to put the ball in the hands of the guy that you traded two first-round picks for or whatever they gave up for. It's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen, but it should happen. Don't you agree? Don't you think that that would be a, a way to help turn around the team? Forcing the ball to a receiver when the quarterback doesn't want to and is being stubborn about it, and I imagine that they're having serious problems just interacting with each other in general. Might Do you be... think Baker doesn't let anybody into the quarterback trailer? I don't know. <laughs> but it, it might be an even worse problem. That might cause like rifts that can never be repaired. And uh, I feel like they, they made a mistake in drafting Baker Mayfield, who may be the most stubborn and arrogant person who hasn't actually put up the numbers to prove it. Interesting. Well, I'm sure Johnny Manziel might still have that title. Have you watched interviews with Mayfield? 
Oh, yeah, that's true. He's very... This year? He's very arrogant. He just keeps saying, well, I'm doing what I'm doing, and if you don't like it, then you just go away. I mean, I, I kind of like that to a certain extent, because he's not going to fix his problems in a media interview, but, you know, it, you're you're completely on when you call it arrogant. It's exactly what it is. Well, we're insane, right? Because he keeps doing the same thing. Won't correct it. And it expects a different outcome. Just not the behavior you want. So if you're looking for a guy to change his strategy to improve the team and for the betterment of the team uh, in general, that's not the guy. That's the wrong guy. Um, so. so after Odell, you got Juju Smith-Schuster, who is scoring even fewer points per game. And that's mostly because Ben Roethlisberger played two games this year, I think. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing dragging down Juju. His overall rank is 33 right now. Um, he hasn't really been able to connect with either of the backup quarterbacks that well. There was Duck Phillips, I want to say. <laughs> I don't even know the third string quarterback. Um, but it's, Mason Rudolph is... It's Devlin Hodges, but, but he, I mean, he's not really a guy that we should pay attention to. Right, but we do have Mason Rudolph throwing the ball right now. Yeah. And Mason Rudolph is, you know, uh, working a lot better with Deontay Johnson, uh, dropping the ball, dumping the ball off to Jalen Samuels. He's so, fine, but that's happening, right? Because they're double teaming uh, or having the number one guy on Juju. So what's the easiest thing to do? Throw a seven yard uh, or a 10 yard pass to the number two or three receiver. And that's what he does or the yeah. tight end. So yeah. you're not going to see Juju have any uh, consistent high scoring points uh this year in fantasy i think at least what you're getting with juju not as a fantasy player but as a real nfl player is he's still uh demanding that uh teams have to cover him have to probably double cover him oh he's great so he's leaving some running room for the rest of the team yeah you know it's not like they can only focus on the short yardage stuff they still have to cover him deep well juju's allowing the steelers to go on a three win streak i mean they're winning games yeah uh <laughs> as much as an he's a good football player if he's not good in fantasy right now maybe they'll catch up eventually the, so, the funny thing is mason rudolph is a quarterback in college that loved to chuck the ball downfield i uh, think if juju winds up being open more often than he does yeah we're, we're seeing some of that now with some long deontay johnson touchdowns and stuff so maybe it'll come in time but yeah then deontay johnson was wide open on that one, I mean that's touchdown. a broken play, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The problem is we don't have a lot of time for it to happen in. We well, need our more <laughs> third and twenties against the Dolphins. Yeah. So Mike Evans was the eighth wide receiver off the board. He is number one overall, which is fantastic if you're number one overall, scoring 16 points per game. Um, he leads the way with some absolute monster games that he's had this year. But I am surprised that he's had some real duds. He has a zero and a 2.8, and those have nothing to do with injury. It just has to do with Jameis Winston, mostly. Yep. So he does have an inconsistent quarterback who does always seem to get a little bit better as the season goes on. So I, uh, well, he didn't throw any picks last week in an important game on the road. He's a horrible quarterback who is completely up and down. Will have two good games and then go go bad Fitzpatrick. So, I mean, this is going to happen. It's going to happen forever. Or are you just saying like bad Fitzpatrick as a as an Andy Dalton line kind of measurement? Yeah, horrible quarterbacks uh, do maybe well for a little bit, but are so inconsistent that they just have like the worst games ever after a hot streak. And you you see that mostly in backups, which is what Jameis Winston will be. I don't I don't think he can maintain a starting position in the NFL with the numbers that he's put up. But it's amazing to me 
that we have Godwin and Evans, and most of the reason for that is uh, the offense, the passing offense. Yeah. And Bruce Arians, uh, you know, and the play calls. And it really an overall lack of other positions doing – like yeah, if we're not going to throw it to the tight end, the people at this position, and then we don't have uh, another receiver, so crazy. yeah, just the number nine ADP guy was Antonio Brown. Ha! You're screwed if you draft. Not screwed, but <laughs> he's not on your team anymore, anyways. Um, Adam Thielen was the uh, number ten ADP guy. He is ranked number seventeen. He played in eight games, but uh, week four he only had six yards, and that was a game you were going to start him against the Bears. And last week he put up zero yards. He Got in, had a target, and had to leave because of injury. Um, aside from that, he's a top 10 wide receiver, worthy of where he was drafted. Once he is back and actually healthy, I'm comfortable starting him again. In fact, I'm looking forward to starting him again. Uh, you know, 10 points per game. Give it to me. Amari Cooper was the 13th wide receiver off the board. His rank is number 7 right now. Um, so he's played above his draft position. Uh, and he carried over the success from last year after he got traded. Um, I did not expect it when he got traded last year, and I suppose I didn't really expect him to um, continue that, but you know, he's the one of the big reasons why Dak Prescott is doing so well that we mentioned earlier. Um, Tyler Lockett is one of the best uh, guys who you were able to pick up late. His ADP was 17, uh, so the 17th wide receiver off the board. He's number three overall right now. Um, he's not just the deep target this year. He's averaging eight targets per game, 6.6 receptions per game. So that is definitely uh, a different role for him, don't you think? Like uh, maybe, maybe they've added to his role rather than changed it. We, we were expecting Lockett to step up to the number one receiver after Doug Baldwin was injured and went down and then cut or, or retired, I forget. Um, but he is the number one receiver on that team uh, and, and consistently... Um, has been getting the the targets that proclaim him to be so. Um, but like I said, there are two other receivers there in DK Metcalf and now Josh Gordon uh, that that will probably only help each other. What we saw in the past with Russell Wilson was he wasn't throwing the ball enough per game. Yeah. But it seems like now, for whatever reason, that's not the case. And Well, they're not running two running backs anymore. They just got one guy. And it's working out. It really is. It's, you know, it, it's better for them just having the one guy because they're going to, you know, they've got Chris Carson there who was, um, who was ranked number 10 overall, really. And um, he, you know, it's just him. They give Rashad Penny the ball like twice a game. They don't worry about that. I think it's because they're passing him more. Um, so a couple of the other big surprises, obviously Chris Godwin, who we talked about his ADP was 20 and he is ranked number two overall. Um, he was drafted at the end of five, early six, which is fantastic. If you wind up with the second overall wide receiver drafted that late. Um, and then you've got Cooper cup drafted as the 21st guy. He is number five overall. He's clearly Goff's top option. And he was the third wide receiver on his own team, uh, taken. So the other, uh, guys on the team woods, and um, Brandon Cooks were both in the teens, like 15, 14 in the ADP. So um, Cooper Cup uh, is a wonderful find. But the best find on the board that you can have is DJ Chark. His ADP was 102. I don't know about any leagues you're in, Dave, but I've never been in a league that drafted 100 wide receivers. So I think it's pretty safe to say that DJ Chark um, is the only player 
that was truly not drafted in any drafts who winds up being a, a top player. His overall rank is six. So he was even better earlier in the year. We'll see what happens with Nick Foles. Um, I'm a little nervous on that, but it's clear that this far into the season, um, they're going to try to keep using him uh, the way they have been. And then one of the most surprising people that made the list, he just squeaked in as the number 10 overall guy, was Cortland Sutton, uh, who had an ADP of 44. He's averaging 10.4 points per game. Um, he is ahead of, you know, number one overall drafted DeAndre Hopkins in terms of points per game. So, you know, that's good. But um, I don't know that that's that surprising. We've talked about Sutton and Hamilton. And I didn't Sanders. realize he was a top 10 guy. At length, and Sutton uh, was starting to do better last year, uh, but they still had Sanders there sucking up targets. And the conversation was: Is it going to be Deshaun Hamilton or Cortland Sutton who becomes that number one receiver on the team? And the answer is Sutton because he's a prototypical receiver versus Hamilton, which is more of a slot guy that was groomed to replace Sanders. If you look at the statistics right now, Deshaun Hamilton has not stepped up whatsoever, and all the targets go to Sutton. And that's going to be true regardless of what quarterback they're using over there. But just like you're saying with Nick Foles, the problem is Sutton has been playing at a pretty high level overall this year. Most of that's been with Flacco. So now we have one new quarterback. Um, it might end up being Drew Locke uh, in a couple of weeks. You've got Brandon Allen right now. So it's just not that great to, uh, to have that uh, revolving door of QBs. But it, one thing is clear. The number one receiver on Denver is Cortland Sutton. Yes. Remember to tell us the theme if you've, if you've picked it out. And you can get a little more specific, like why we may have chosen the theme. Huh. All right, let's uh, burn through this tight end position quickly here. Um, I was surprised, you know, this may be a position uh, where you do have a little bit more uh, stability, despite the fact that uh, we keep calling it chaotic on an individual week basis. Overall, you wind up seeing some decent uh, stability there. So um, as far as the tight ends go, you know, people who won the draft at tight end, People who took Darren Waller, Austin Hooper, and Mark Andrews. Uh, nobody drafted Darren Fells. Don't lie to me about that. He wasn't even on Fantasy Pros ADPs. I wrote 53 on the chart here, but it's because they only had 52 tight ends <laughs> that were drafted. Mm -hmm. um, so those of you who took O.J. Howard, Jared Cook, or Vance McDonald, uh, you've probably already been streaming tight ends for weeks now or settled on uh, someone else like a Jason Witten or Jack Doyle or something like that. Um, so good luck with you there, but you're definitely not starting those guys and having any success with it. So Travis Kelsey led the way with the tight ends. He was number one overall. He's ranked number two. Great. You can't be upset about that. Um, I think that he'll even improve once Mahomes comes back from his 8.73 points per game that he carries right now. So, um, I look forward to Mahomes coming back, I guess, just in general, because the best quarterback on a great offense is always great for fantasy football. Cheers. Cheers. So you got Zach Ertz, who is number two, oh, was, was drafted as number two overall. He's ranked number six overall. 
he's had a rough start to the season, but a good last few games, which has brought him back up. Uh, Dallas Goddard's been vulturing touchdowns from him, but he's still, you know, in the solid uh, top 10. You can't be upset with where you drafted him, right, Dave? You can be upset. <laughs> I mean, that's a ridiculous comment. That's right? a very, you know. You take Zach Ertz number two, which would puts him in like the third or fourth round, instead of taking a guy who would be number six, which might be down in the sixth or seventh round, you can be upset about it. All right. No problem. Because you, you forget with tight ends, there's usually one or two up high, and then everyone waits. This is a very far drop-off. So That's if, true. If you're taking Kelsey or Ertz or Kittle, um, those guys go... We can track that as well. Those guys go early. So George Kittle is the next guy on the list, uh, ADP3. He was drafted early fourth round in general. Um he is, you know, he started slow, but I see the San Francisco passing offense doing a lot better right now. Um, you, a Tevin Coleman lover, I assume, will only want to see the running game. Um, but I, I think that they're going to start throwing the ball a little bit more. They're going to need to uh, to keep winning games. And, um, you know, George Kittle is going to be a great beneficiary of that. Kittle's already been doing well, as you can see by his number rank f- of four. Exactly, number four. Um, but... Uh, They'll they'll run or not run depending on the game situation. And I'm I'm glad that they can, you know. Although uh, it's nice that they have a guy like Sanders when they didn't really have stability at or consistency at the wide receiver position. When you've got Pettis or and any talent Goodwin. really, <laughs> yeah, all those guys are interchangeable uh, middling receivers. They may have talent eventually if the younger guys anyway. But uh, certainly uh, Goodwin has shown that although he can catch a a mean downfield ball occasionally, that does not mean that he's a wide receiver one or two in the league. True. So O.J. Howard was drafted as the fourth overall tight end. His current rank is 47 at tight end. Not 47 overall, 47 at tight end. He's averaging just three points per game. Um, So I'm pretty sure the last time I saw O.J. Howard catch a ball was during a Tampa Bay Rays game. (laughs) Um, There is a ton of passing going on in the Bucs. None of it's going to O.J. Howard. Um, You don't have him on your team anymore, I hope. He's not even rosterable. Just cut him already, right, Dave? Just cut him. All right. So Evan Ingram uh, drafted at five overall rank of five. Great. Um, he is a little banged up right now. Might miss week 10, but I'm sure uh, that if it's anything serious, we'll learn about it in a few minutes. Uh, Hunter Henry is ADP of six. His overall rank is 10. Not bad for Henry. He set out a few games. He's averaging 10.616 points per game. 10.16. Let yeah, me get all pi- those numbers He's right. picking it up here at the end when... He came back uh, and had kind of a slow start. Yeah, that's the second most points per game uh, so far. So uh, good on Henry. Um, Hunter Henry, that is. Jared <laughs> Cook uh, was ranked 7, and his overall or his ADP was 7. His overall rank is 28. He's scoring less than 5 points per game. I believe he was drafted high because everyone said, hey, he's on the, the Saints, and the Saints are a good offense, so he must do well there. Um, but really the lack of Drew Brees has stifled any productivity he might have had. I don't see any sort of Jared Cook life. Um, I disagree. So uh, totally rough start. Then there was no Brees. But the last two games he played in, uh, which were weeks five and six before he was injured, uh, he had um, he tied or exceeded his yards for the entire year and had his first two touchdowns in both those weeks making him a good tight end start for his last two weeks that he played football. Now he has Drew Brees back and should be healthy this week. So I think he's a startable top 10 tight end in fantasy. 
Cool. That's definitely going to be a streaming option for most people because I'm sure he's available on the waiver wire. People forgot about him. Pickup, yes, I think. people forgot about him. Because he was out seven and eight and nine was a buy. And you know when you don't hear anybody's name for three or four weeks, it means that they don't exist in fantasy land. That's definitely true. <laughs> it feels like months and months ago, but it was probably like two weeks ago. But I don't want to negate what you said because his high yardage for the entire season was 41 yards, which he had in week five. However, six targets in week five, three targets in week six, um, over 35 yards in both of those with uh, at least three receptions in both games and two touchdowns, one in each, uh, which is just as good or better than most of the other tight ends on this list. <laughs> uh, so the next guy on the list was Vance McDonald. His ADP was eight, and his overall rank is 21. He's averaging just over five points per game. I think it's a lot of the same issues as Cook. Vance McDonald was only out one game, um, but when you have a quarterback missing, it's going to ruin any production that you have. So um, I don't know that Vance McDonald would have been great with Ben Roethlisberger in there, but it was a season where he was going to be the only uh, real pass-catching tight end on that team, and it is a bit of a disappointment to see him land uh, in an area where he's not really rosterable if you have any kind of respectable tight end. Yeah, and the Steelers run two tight end sets, and they have Nick Vanett out there as well. Um, so while Vance McDonald's might score a touchdown on a week-to-week basis, uh, you can't really count on that, and you can't really count on any more than a reception or two, which makes him out of any top 10 tight end list. Yep, so Eric Ebron, uh, averaging 5.35 points per game, was ADP of 9. His overall rank is 13. Uh, he's not too far off of his draft spot. It's not that bad, but... You know he's been taking a seat to Jack Doyle. I don't think that he is um, gonna sort of pick that up. Uh, I really like Jack Doyle going forward over Eric Ebron. Um, David Njoku was drafted as the number ten guy. He's on the IR um, and he's a Brown, so we don't have to talk about him. <laughs> so Austin Hooper, a guy who I will um, take credit for, take one hundred percent credit for. But he was my preseason uh, tight end sleeper pick, um, and he makes me look smarter than I really am because I, I don't know that much about it. But I do know that on a team where they want to throw to the tight end most of the time, you take the tight end in fantasy football, especially if nobody wants to draft him. His ADP was number 12 overall uh, at the tight end position, which made him uh, being taken in like the 13th, 14th round. Uh, overall ADP of 129, so... Definitely a guy that uh, you were able to take late in drafts if that's what you were aiming for. Another guy who wound up playing well uh, being drafted late in drafts, Mark Andrews. Uh, He started out really hot. He hasn't had double digits since week two. He hasn't found the end zone since week four. Uh, But his team is still playing well, so that means you still got to keep starting him. He's averaging just under eight points per game right now and the number seven overall ranked tight end. Um, And a guy who was very interesting, um, he was the... Preseason favorite Hard Knocks player. And normally that player crashes and burns and isn't uh, worth anything. But that is not the tradition this year. Uh, Darren Waller, ADP of 21, overall rank of 3. He's averaging over 9 points per game. He's playing very well on a team that uh, I know I was kind of surprised at. Although I shouldn't have been because that's, um, you know, it's a team that has a lot of talent. They drafted a good rookie running back. Um so you shouldn't be too surprised, I suppose, when you look at, on paper, what the Raiders are. I guess it's the whole John Gruden thing that made me think that the, they wouldn't be doing too well. You know what I'm saying? 
Sure, I guess. I mean, you would have been better off drafting Raiders players uh, than Browns players if you just if you drafted the whole teams. <laughs> oh, Dave, that makes me really depressed. <laughs> Come on, man. Sorry. <laughs> You got at least one Raider. It's not fun drafting Raiders. I have Waller in a league, and I have Jacobs in a league. Those are good Raiders. I've got two Tyrell Williams. Uh, they tend to score me touchdowns every game. They tend to every game, but yeah. not last game. For the first time. <laughs> we had some good songs in this year's musical numbers this uh, this week. This week. So as Jason reminded you over and over again, and I'll do the same and strike that bell once more, if you know the songs, if you can figure out why they are similar and what they have in common, what the theme might be for this week, please email us at Dave at Drink5 or Jason at Drink5 and let us know. Let's talk about some injuries real quickly. Um, we, we may have to uh, get through some, some things pretty quick, but I did want to say again that I, I really do enjoy stacking up the ADP versus reality uh, charts, and hopefully we'll have those up on the site at some point to share with you guys. But if not, or or when we do, um, take a look at that information uh, off of what you actually drafted in one of your leagues, because it can be frightful, um, <laughs> and you can learn a thing or two about the way that you draft, maybe. And I think Jason mentioned this, but when we talked about the wide receivers, there was a similar pattern to the running backs this year and that the guys that were 10 to 19 uh, tend to uh, perform better at this point uh, as far as being top 10 guys than yeah. the guys who were 1 to 10. So maybe we, we should just uh, throw caution to the wind, start drafting our kickers and defenses first. <laughs> if you drafted the Patriots defense in the first round, it turned out to be a really smart move. Oh, man. No, nobody did that, unfortunately. <laughs> Someone did it somewhere. Bill Belichick did it because he's running the defenses here. Oh, man. Bill Belichick's fantasy teams are always undefeated. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at, at quarterback, we have Jacoby Brissett, who has an MCL sprain and hasn't yet been ruled out for Week 10. He went down early in the Steelers game after a Steeler, I forget who it was, need him um, right in the knee. Yeah, that's not a good place to get need. You need him in the knee. And Brian Hoyer filled in for him and went 17 for 26 for 168 yards and three touchdowns with an interception. So he did really well. I think one of those things that happens when you have the backup go in when it's not expected. Um, and the interception was a really cool one, too, because that was Micah uh, Fitzpatrick running like a 98-yard pick Minka. six. Minka. Minka Fitzpatrick. Well, I just see a lot of, like, and you're not a Pittsburgh native, but you are from the Chicago area. It's like what they do, what the Chicago fans do with the Bears. They just change the players' names, com- completely mispronounce I'm going to pronounce it how I want to pronounce it. It's the Chase Daniel. Minka Fitzpatrick. My apologies, Minka. So it wouldn't be a surprise if the Colts held him out one more week, and I'm talking about Brissett here. However, he did put in a limited practice today and is expected to try and play uh, in the words of a beat reporter on Twitter. So uh, the matchup is against the Dolphins. I think it's a coin flip here whether or not Brissett actually plays. If there's any injury still left in him, it would be stupid for the Colts to roll out their guy when they have Brian Hoyer. Even if they are without T.Y. Hilton, they can still beat the Dolphins. 
Yeah, here's the issue with that. If you are kind of hoping for Brissett, hopefully you have Hoyer to start instead. But if not, they do start at three o'clock east or four o'clock Eastern. So that's a, a tough one. You can't make that decision in the morning. Um, Cam Newton with a Liz Frank injury. He was put on the IR yesterday, ending his season. We talked about this a little bit earlier, so I'll just skip through it. But uh, basically, it's going to be Kyle Allen for the rest of the year. We could talk at length about what will happen next year and, and going forward, but it doesn't matter for this year. So uh, Kyle Allen is not really startable in a one-quarterback league. However, he's absolutely startable in a two-quarterback league, and he should be rostered. Patrick Mahomes with a knee injury. We talked about him earlier, too. We talked about most of these guys because we went through a lot of guys. <laughs> but but more in depth, uh, the, Andy Reid said the Chiefs were increasing Mahomes' workload in practice this week before starting him against the Titans. He participated fully today in practice and should be expected to start. So if there's no setbacks, then Matt Moore should be back behind the clipboard. In fact, it'll be Chad Henney's clipboard to, to man, I believe, this time around. Sliding back is uh, QB3, Matt Moore? That's right. Oh. Although Matt Moore played very well. Got his <laughs> career record back up to 500. He did all right. Okay, and moving on to running backs. Le'Veon Bell with a knee injury. Bell had an MRI on his knee on Monday. I know we discussed him having an issue. Um, and, in fact, a lot of people were freaking out. After the Jets signed Josh Adams earlier this week, fantasy owners around the world held their breath. But Adams' signing was apparently a defensive move in order to block the Dolphins from acquiring him because Mark Walton was suspended for four games. Because he was on the Jets' practice squad, the Jets went ahead and signed him to the active roster. And the latest news is that Bell has no structural damage to his knee but is in a slight amount of pain, wanted to practice today, but the team forced him to rest instead. So while Bell is, as we talked about earlier, underperforming for the year, I think most of that has to do with the play of Sam Darnold, the play calling and coaching of Adam Gase. The lack of Sam Darnold for a while. I think he still has the possibility of scoring you you know, 10-plus points per week. Um, and I think it's a good, sh- uh, a good chance that he will play this week. However, you certainly have to watch the news to make sure he practices uh, in the days to come because there's only a couple of those before the weekend. And if he doesn't suit up, then Ty Montgomery would be the guy who fills in uh, with the skill set that they need. Bilal Powell is still on that team, but Bilal Powell is an aging uh, running back veteran who they will most likely not be uh, putting out there unless they absolutely need him. He's been inactive and scratched in most of these games. I do not put any stock in Ty Montgomery as a fantasy asset. So if Bell does not play, I do not recommend picking up Montgomery as a start. You don't think that he would... Who's going to be there then? No, that's the guy. I just don't... Just don't, don't worry about starting. I think Bell's so much better that why would you start a, like a guy who's half as good on the Jets? Find someone else. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. You know what I mean? Like somebody else. If only else. they still had Isaiah Crowell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Johnson with an angle injury. The Cardinals' best receiver so far this year, like I mentioned uh, when we talked an about running backs injury? earlier. Don't be so obtuse, Dave. Yes, his, he's got a right angle. Uh, he says that he's definitely playing, Johnson does, this week against the Buccaneers. Now, players say that, and sometimes they don't end up playing. However, I do expect him to, based on all the news, um, and I also expect the tandem of Johnson and Kenyon Drake. Now, I don't think splitting carries is accurate because that generally denotes like a 60-40 kind of thing. I don't think that's going to happen. However, Kenyon Drake doing so well and being his backup, Chase Edmonds, over the past couple weeks, uh, has had a higher... Uh, playtime, and I do expect that here as well. What I think we'll see... No, Edmonds is out for a couple weeks. 
No, I meant here with Drake. Oh, Drake, Drake, Drake. I don't want to keep saying their names over and over again. It gets, you know. <laughs> Johnson, Drake. Drake so, and Johnson. What, what I expect to happen is for Johnson to be more concentrated on sort of uh, receiving the ball in space because he's okay. done so well with that. Still getting some of the carries and getting the start, but Drake definitely will be in there doing the same thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if they have two running backs out in, in a lot of their uh, uh, opening sets. James Conner with a shoulder injury, and Tomlin is optimistic right now that Conner will play in Week 10, but Samuels will be the guy if Conner is unable to. The interesting thing is uh, is that Conner's backup, Trey Edmonds, didn't practice at all today, and Conner did. He had a limited session. So the, the running backs over there are just getting injured, uh, having all sorts of things happen to them, <laughs> losing quarterbacks. It's, it's crazy. But um, after all is said and done, I do expect Connor to play. If he doesn't, then you need to own and play Jalen Samuels because that guy's a little rocket ship. Um, but if Connor is starting, as the Steelers always do, um, they may say they're going to use Samuels, but he won't be getting the use. It'll be James Conner. Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately, I have no choice but to start Jalen Samuels in one league. So, well, they might fly him out for you know some plays and stuff. Le'Veon Bell, please take <laughs> another week off. I'm I'm just saying, call in, do whatever you got to do. Yeah, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. Sure. You said Le'Veon Bell. You mean I James? Thought Conner? I said James Conner. No, but I meant to say James Conner. They were on the same team, so I get clearly it. my mind is stuck with Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh. That's all right. I won championships with that shit. It's going to stick in my brain for a long time. Uh, well, that, that winds up the running backs here. All right. And if you know that one, you get a cookie for sure. Oh, definitely. All right, wide receivers. Again, we're going to try to breeze through them. Deshaun Jackson with an abdomen surgery later this week. Off fantasy radar for the rest of the season. We'll see him again next year, and it's always sad from a really explosive player like Jackson who put up eight receptions for 154 yards and two touchdowns in week one. <laughs> 27 points in week one. Anybody who had him on the bench, and they're like, oh, I'm going to play him next week. And they're like, never again. Sorry. That's right. Not going to happen. And they never put him on IR, so it was like week after week of holding on to him for a while. Yeah. Now, in his wake, uh, Mac, Mac Hollins continues to act as the WR3 on the Eagles, but as we mentioned, also, uh, the Eagles have a lack of receivers, to which uh, Mac Hollins is a contributor. And Miles Sanders gets a lot of benefit out of the extra targets on this offense. I think he gets more benefit than the receivers, because the receivers are not very good. In fact, I believe the did the Eagles just re-sign uh, um, uh, a rookie from a couple of years ago who's been uh, Jordan Matthews. Yeah, I Jordan believe. Matthews. Yes. So I mean, I think he might end up getting the play over Mac Hollins because Mac has not demonstrated a lot. We were all rookies once, Dave. <laughs> Preston Williams with a knee. This injury ends Williams' season. He was very solid as a receiver, and we'll see him again next year as well. And that's it for Williams. Adam Thielen with a hamstring. He tried to rejoin the offense last week, as as you talked about, and he limped off early in the contest and is now expected to miss several weeks. He has a soft tissue hamstring injury that uh, has been said to be pretty deep, um, which means that week 13 looks like the target for him to get back on the field because that would be after the week 12 
bye, which is nicely placed for him to get healthy again. And you know the Vikings are not going to bring him back on the field after they already did that and messed up once. Yeah, it sounds like we may not see him back until week 13. That's rough because that's three weeks you got to go, uh, you know, to get to the play, hopefully get to the playoffs. Yeah, and he's on pace this year for 48 catches and 695 yards. Go Thielen. T.Y. Hilton with a calf injury. Head coach Frank Reich now expects, expects Hilton to be out for three to four weeks. So Zach Pascal is filling in while Hilton is out. And Pascal was a really hot waiver wire pickup over the last two weeks. He did have nice games in weeks seven and nine, but he is still very much boomer bust and capable of performances like his six-yard game against the Broncos in week eight. So buyer beware with him in a situation where you may or may not have the starting quarterback, where... Uh, Hilton's going to be out and he'll be filling in, but he's not a guy who's used to those kinds of defensive backs. I have a feeling that he will probably have, in the next three weeks, one more big game and a couple of disappointing ones. You may not want to start Pascal. Pascal, he has four touchdowns on the year already, which is amazing for a guy who is clearly not going to be getting the ball that much. He only has 19 receptions. Yeah, but he's filling in for Hilton, so that's that's why the, the last three games he had two that were huge. But I, I good points all around. Yeah. Sterling Shepard and Brandon Cooks, both in the concussion protocol and both visiting the same specialist, I'm assuming, in Pittsburgh. Uh, it sounds like they both might not play the rest of the year. Right. So consulting about concussions, both of them may not end up playing uh, or being put on IR altogether. That's really disappointing as both are drafted wide receivers. Brandon Cooks with a higher draft stock, but but both important to their teams and especially to uh, their fantasy teams since that's what's closest to our hearts. And that's our, what matters to me the most. And our pocketbooks, yep. Uh, and that's it for wide receivers. Moving on to tight ends. So three guys I just wanted uh, to get the word out on. Chris Herndon with a hamstring injury. Looks like he will suit up for real this time and play his first snaps this week. If he was a beast last year, he should be owned in every league, regardless of format. And we talk about these tight ends. Uh, he's someone who's going to come out swinging and someone who may help open up the Jets' offense. Are we not worried that um, Ryan Griffin no. is not just taking over? Not worried. He's blowing up the world, man. <laughs> Sure, sure. Blowing up the world. I don't know if I would say that. <laughs> you don't know that that's accurate? Yeah, I'm not sure that's accurate. So, uh, Ryan he had, Griffin he had one big game. Three touchdowns, yeah. but 162 yards, not that great. No, Herndon immediately falls back in as the number one uh, tight end there, assuming that he actually does play. Of course, for those of you who weren't aware, uh, they simply didn't have uh, enough guys, and they had to start him and put him out there, even though he didn't play a snap. Right, they they didn't keep him active, right? Which uh, threw some of us off. Yeah, it means you got to jog in place on the on the sideline. He wasn't very. He's got to ride that, that bike. Uh, OJ Howard with a hamstring. A lot of hamstrings this time of year. Howard will be out there against the Cardinals in Week Ten, and we all know what the Cardinals' weakness is, which is tight ends. But do we think that Howard will actually put up fantasy start worthy stats? I tend to think that no. I tend to think that Cameron Brait has a higher chance of getting a touchdown than O.J. Howard. 
uh, right now. But Cameron Braid is also uh, somewhat injured. I think that Jameis Winston has a higher chance of catching a touchdown than O.J. Howard does. Uh, so he's out there if you need him. Uh, but I would I would highly recommend picking up someone else like Janu Smith, like uh, uh, like Jack Doyle, even Eric Ebron, uh, even further down the list. If you're in a PPR league, Jason Witten has been <laughs> catching tons of balls every week. Yeah, he had his best game last week, I think. Eight catches, I think. Which is the game I needed him to score less than five points. So that didn't work out for that me. That doesn't work out at all. Uh, and the last guy, Evan Engram, with a foot. He's hanging out in a walking boot right now. And a midfoot sprain is interesting. Because a midfoot sprain, which is what he's diagnosed with, is exactly what a Liz Frank injury is. And so okay. they're not saying that it's a Liz Frank injury, but that is what it is. Or you are could, Dr. Biggs. Or so. could be. Um, so although he's week to week right now, it's certainly very possible that he doesn't play for, for multiple weeks or that he doesn't play for the rest of the season, depending on how things turn out. And none of these teams want to release that kind of information or look at things as pessimistic as they could. Sure. But you saw what happened with Cam Newton uh, and with a lot of other people that have these kinds of mid-ankle uh, or, or mid-foot injuries. It, it's all, it reminds me of like plantar fasciitis. Yeah, that's the middle of the foot too. That's another one where it's just uncomfortable to be walking really, and running. Any sort of foot injury when you play football is terrible because you they heal slowly because you never stay off your feet. Yeah, so monitor carefully. Uh, Engram, of course, he was playing at a high level before this injury um, and being peppered with targets, literally. And I don't know that he is going to slot back into your lineups anytime soon. Well, so. at least nobody has frostbite on their feet. Yeah, yeah. well, we'll always have the pictures. All right, so we have a couple of uh, matchups to touch on before we close out. We do. Uh, so the Arizona Cardinals travel to Tampa Bay. Um, there are teams that are popping up on this every single week, and one of those teams is the Arizona Cardinals. They are giving up the most points to opposing quarterbacks, 10th most to opposing wide receivers. They're decent against the wide receiver, the running back, which is fine. Tampa doesn't have any running backs. Uh, as you said earlier, the Cardinals are giving up a lot of points to opposing tight ends, but I don't see that as being a thing that the Buccaneers can really exploit. Um, so maybe they get a week off, or maybe we get a two-touchdown, 100-yard game from Cameron Bright. If you have, like, no choice but to stream some random-ass tight end, go for Cameron Bright. Why not? Um, definitely better than O.J. Howard. So on the other side, Tampa is giving up the most points to opposing wide receivers, the fourth most points to opposing quarterbacks. They're actually very good against the running back, giving up only the third-fewest points to them. Um... So I like starting everyone from the passing game in both teams, and I would shy away from the running backs. Um, the cards have David Johnson and Kenyon Drake. David Johnson, you got to start if he's playing him. You got to start him. So Again, he's I, basically I, I'm going a to receiver, so. revise it. And yes, he's basically part of the passing game here. But yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. Uh, but the Buccaneers don't have much of a run game. Not not allowing the uh, the run game really. The the rushing yards on both sides are going to be mostly inconsequential. Yeah. So after that, you have. The Kansas City Chiefs going to Tennessee. So the Chiefs are giving up the fourth most points to opposing running backs. So I like Derrick Henry this week. Um, 
obviously you probably were going to start him anyways, but it's a good matchup. I, I think that he's going to do just fine. Both teams are pretty good against opposing wide receivers. They're middle of the road against tight ends. However, with the return of Patrick Mahomes, you're just going to be fine. Just go ahead and start the Chiefs if Mahomes is back. You know, the, the, whole, the interesting thing about the Chiefs right now for me is is got to be the whole Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy thing. Because, again, as I mentioned so many weeks earlier, McCoy is old. He doesn't seem to do very well in endurance situations. He has been getting uh, you know fewer and fewer carries in that offense. And, and now Damian Williams had this huge game. But if you look at the huge game, it's mostly made up of like a 90-yard run or something. Right, where he wasn't even the fastest one on the field. And so, <laughs> and so I really I can't look at either of them as, as an actual good starting running back to ever like uh, choose to put in my lineup. So Sean McCoy definitely has been dropping off big time. He has not been worth it. Um, but Damian Williams, as you like to say, goes for about 50 carries and then he breaks down. Right. So I assume that we're getting closer to those 50. <laughs> we got to be getting near there again. So um, <laughs> anyways, with Mahomes back, it's the passing game of the Chiefs that I like the most. You can reintroduce a Sammy Watkins to your game. You can be even more confident in Travis Kelsey getting his points, you know, if you play daily fantasy or something like that. And Tyreek Hill is going to get his points pretty much regardless, it seems. Yeah, I, I like Watkins getting, you know, seven targets a game again, and, and that could be pretty cool. Yeah. I But I'm just saying it's such a conundrum to me. Um, last year you had Damian Williams winning people's fantasy lineups and scoring two touchdowns a game. That could happen again. It all is kind of a roll of the dice as far as, do the receivers get in the end zone, or do they land on the two? Yeah, yeah. And that was really the reason why Damian Williams scored a bunch of touchdowns is because he had short runs into the to the end zone. So, yep. I don't know, but but yeah, for me, I'm not going to start either of them. But oh. I I like all the the passing game guys. Like Last year, there were plenty of touchdowns to go around for the Chiefs. Uh, this uh, week, we also see the Falcons travel to New Orleans. Falcons are freaking terrible this year. This used to be a, a marquee matchup. One of the big games, it used to be something that they would flex uh, into the night game. But the Falcons are giving up tons of points this year to opposing quarterbacks and wide receivers, both the third most at each position. And Drew Brees, I feel, is itching to get back. This is going to be one of those Drew Brees games where he has like three or four touchdowns in the first half alone. Um, And unlike Aaron Rodgers, he will continue throwing touchdowns into the second half. So after Drew Brees took a long break uh, because of injury, he got one game and then he had to sit again because of the buy, so I expect he's fully healthy. I expect he is holding and throwing footballs just fine, and that the New Orleans Saints will destroy the Falcons in most every way. But then that leaves the uh, opportunity for plenty of Falcons garbage points. And as we all know in fantasy football, garbage points are real points too. There you go. So that's all I got for matchups. Um, uh, if you. Uh, identified the theme of the music you can let us know if you have other questions about fantasy football or life the universe and everything then uh you know let us know at our twitter account at drink five uh you can hit us up on facebook and dave will get back to you <laughs> or you can email us dave at drink five jason at drink five um and i don't know cheers everybody also does bryant comes back in two weeks apparently so watch out for him okay yeah. That's a thing. It is. <laughs> I mean, maybe the Eagles could use a little Des, you know? Can we get Terrell Owens on, like, you know, 
the Patriots. Des might not be done. He's going to go to the Patriots, isn't he? Maybe. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cheers.